Hello and welcome to Empty Your Queue. I'm Cameron. I'm uh, Dustin. Uh, Dustin. I'll just cut you off. Yeah, yeah sorry. We're just, we're just getting into it. Um, today we're emptying from our queue Dune. <laughs> the, uh, the trailer just... <laughs> the 1984 David Lynch classic. <laughs> the trailer just dropped for uh, Denis Villeneuve's uh, adaptation that might be coming out at the end of the year. And no, we... it's it's pushed back till next year. Oh, it was? Okay. Yeah. I, the last thing yeah. I read said they were going to, but that it hadn't been moved yet. Because Wonder Woman was pushed to December. Mm-hmm. And that was for sure being just pushed to next year. Yeah. So, yeah, the trailer for that dropped, and that piked my interest. Peaked? Because whatever, piked, peaked, I don't know. I've heard piked. I heard piked. Have you really? I thought it was peaked. And they were like, no, it's piked. Yeah, yeah. And then I heard it piked and something else, too. And huh. then I heard peaked as well, so I was like, I don't know, pike sounds better. Okay. But what it piqued my interest. Okay. So Giant sandworm at the end. Wait, is it only at the end? So I've never no, seen Dune. No, no, no. I've never read neither anything about it. Neither I've never, yeah. So I saw that trailer, and the internet was ablaze with doomdom. Like, everyone was doomed up. Yes. And so um, I was like, I'm going to Wikipedia this shit. So I did Wikipedia said shit. Yeah. And was like, what? That see, I did too. I read the Wikipedia and I was like, okay, I gotta like, see what's going on here. Excuse me, Paul. Paul is the hero's name. Well, yeah, you just read some of the other uh, names. Why don't you go through? Yeah, well, I mean, so you've got like Lady Jessica, the Baron's doctor, Peter Devries, Padishah, Emperor Shaddam the Fourth, the Hawat, a guy named Duncan Idaho. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Baron Vladimir Harkonnen, who's the bad guy or the villain, and Duke Leto Atreides, and uh, Duke Leto is like you know the the main not the main character but like he's the father of Paul yeah. Atreides, <laughs> and Paul is your hero. Paul is your Luke Skywalker. Paul is your uh, Neo, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, this is all very. In that same vein. Yeah, it's easy to hero, see. It's a hero story. It's easy to see why it's considered so influential and why it stands this, the test of So time. the movie itself has, and even Dune, the book, Frank Herbert's book, I believe Frank Herbert, right? Yeah. Um, the collection of books, I, I think it's like. It's like five or six books. Yeah, it's like Dune, Children of Dune. It's some. It's a bunch. Um, it's a big, big science fiction uh, classic, if you mm-hmm. will. Uh, it's like the fish or Grateful Dead of the science fiction community, just in terms of its following and and um, kind of what it represents in that genre. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it is like the jam band of science fiction, if you right, will. Right, that's fair. Um, so, and I'd never dabbled in it. I'm a big science fiction fan, but for some reason, Dune was always something I just never went near. I don't know why. It just always seemed so fantastical and ridiculous, Mm -hmm. uh, to a point where I was like, oh, that's lame. You know, like (laughs) just, just being a, a naysayer for no reason, because it seemed so outrageous and fantastical, if you will. I always was like, kind of like, okay, this is a bit daunting. Yeah. That that was the other thing is I thought it was like a three 
three and a half hour movie yeah. for some reason. It's only two hours. Well, because they did a TV miniseries yes. after this that yes. was like 2003 or four. And I think the miniseries actually tries to be all it, the books. It's like six hours long. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I can see where there's material that is left out mm-hmm. and kind of left on the cutting room floor. And that's what I feel the new one is probably going to be because when I read the Wikipedia, there seems to be more with the Fremen or the Freeman, the Fremen. I think they're the Fremen. A lot of weird spellings and weird like. Before we get into that. So so just off the bat, this is definitely about Middle Eastern um, relations. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like 100%. This is, I don't know if maybe they meant it to be this way, but this is 100% about how the Middle East has been true. They go to a desert land to mine and collect and take the spice melange from the native inhabitants of this desert planet. So, uh, you know, the spice like power their transportation. Oh no, the spice power, the spice (laughs) is the force. Okay. Like the spices. And, and okay. So I'd never seen this. I'd seen the South park episode, the spice, the spice melange about mm-hmm. that's what like it, it extends your life. It's like it's the fountain of youth. It literally okay. is the fountain of youth. It's only in this this desert island. I forget or desert planet. Mm-hmm. Um, Hakar, I think it's called <laughs> these names. Um, so and and they mine. Uh, I'm going to do a really bad job of explaining this. And I'd like to apologize to anyone who is really into Dune. But. I mean, get me explaining Star Wars and I sent like I love Star Wars. I've like dedicated way too much time in my life to Star Wars, but I still sound like a Neanderthal trying to explain that whole like plot and the intricacies of it. So mm-hmm. essentially there's a, a, a this spice planet and there's a ruling class uh, Arrakis. Yeah, Arrakis. So there's a ruling class that has and that that's the Atreides. Uh, that rule or are coming to kind of take control of the spice. Okay. And they're kind of these like prim and proper. It's kind of like the British and their control of major oil uh, land and things of that nature in the Middle East, Africa, um, and, and also other areas. It also could be about heroin and the control of that and that trade. Who knows? But this is really, really representative of like, the subplot of it what is going on because the subplot of it really is this uh mining for spice and who controls the spice so the uh atreides who paul is a part is the prince of essentially good old paul um he's like he's essentially luke skywalker he's the most in tune with the spice um and (laughs) What is well? What is if the spice is just the fountain of youth? What is being in tune with the spice entail? So the spice is essentially like it's a mineral. It's like a natural mineral. Right. It's kind of what you get from the movie. Now again, this is the movie that I'm talking about. So, and I'm not familiar too familiar with the. I'm not familiar at all with the book. I'm not even too familiar. <laughs> uh, and I'm just dipping. I'm just dipping my toes in the waters of this, and I really loved it. So that's kind of what I'm. My ultimate, the thesis of this all is that. I really came around to this and was like, holy shit, this was entertaining, incredible. And it is very much a David Lynch film. Really? Oh, absolutely. It is grotesque. It is weird. It's got 
unnecessary narration. Kyle McCullough's in it. Like, and, <laughs> that just and makes I sense. think yeah. he did Blue Velvet before this, uh, and then Dune, or is it? I think Dune and then Blue Velvet. Uh, either way, that I think that's kind of that doesn't matter. But it's it has this oddness, this off kilterness that David Lynch has in his films. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually did this first, okay, and then did Blue Velvet. It goes Blue Velvet head. was like eighty nine. It goes a razor head, Elephant Man, Dune, Blue Velvet, and eighty six. Oh, okay, okay. So Blue Velvet's two years later. So that makes sense that Kyle McCall would be in that as well. Um. So, I mean, I don't really want to, I think kind of going into this, I don't need to go into the storyline too much because I feel like going into that really does a disservice to you discovering it. Okay. And that's kind of what really took me aback because this was something I threw on while I was playing video games. What was it on? Uh, It's on Amazon. Amazon okay. Prime? Or is it on Hulu? HBO Max? I want to say HBO Max, actually. Okay. Um, So, I had never, like, not knowing anything, not having any form of reference to Dune. There's so many things in popular culture. It looks, actually, to just say really quick, it looks like it's on all three, Amazon, Hulu, and HBO Max. Oh, wow. Okay. All pop up as sources to watch it. Okay. Okay, cool. So it might be Showtime or Stars or something like that mm-hmm. uh, because all of those provide that service as a backup except for HBO. So it might just be on HBO. Yeah. Because both of those also provide a service to connect to the HBO The premium Max. channels. So, and yeah, it's yeah. probably HBO Max. So what was I saying? Oh, the pop culture. Oh, there's so many references like uh, fear is the little death and uh, just so many like because throughout this, there are narr- the character narrates what they're feeling. Just every character? Primarily Kyle McCullough, Paul. Okay. And um, I think Lady Jessica has some. But okay. there's there's a few characters here and there that you get to hear the narration of the scene and what is going on. And it's primarily Paul. And it is ridiculous. Like he it's like him jazzing himself up and real like talking to himself about and and doing the exposition dumps mm-hmm. for you that you need to get about like, oh, the worms are guarding the spice. They let they are the spice, you know, like him figuring these things out that you usually through decent visuals and things of that nature, you can kind of figure these things together anyways. Yeah. In this, it's just like, he's laying it out for you. He's explaining it to you. I respect it. And it's the, it's a, that's the weird mechanism. That's very Lynchian in Mm -hmm. a way is kind of as if they're reading from the pages of the book in in their narrations. Okay. So you get kind of what the scene is showing and you're also getting what the book is trying to get across. It's very odd um, to say the least. And it's something that you kind of have to like grow into through the movie. Mm-hmm. Like at first it's like jarring because it <laughs> starts with direct narration to you from one of the characters whose names I'm like, I don't fucking know how to say that. So I'm not going to bother, but she's like a princess of some sort. 
uh, or or like a future seer. So there's witches. There's these like witch, this witch coven that's like the you know f- the soothsayers and and future seers and things. This sounds like it's just every sci-fi thing. And that's where a lot of this like Dune is the one that kind of implements these things. That's like, the where geez. yeah, like a lot of this stuff, the MacGuffins, the unobtainium type things. I've noticed. I was like, oh, it's all from Dune. Everyone's just been ripping off Dune. That's all it's been like. That's what my shocker was, was I've totally pushed aside Dune, just not giving it any credit. And right. really, you, re- you come to realize that it's like, oh, Dune's one of those, like, it's a a foundational, it's a foundation stone for science fiction, like modern science fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, for someone who really loves movies and story and science fiction especially right to be like oh i've never seen Dune. Well, and david lynch i know you like his oh i love david well. lynch yeah. yeah yeah but this was always kind of like i've always i like david lynch for being david lynch and i've always heard that this is mainstream david lynch his attempt at being mainstream and it very much is but you, there's that man cannot escape his tropes no you can't take the david lynch out no of- you really cannot uh, you can't take the Kyle McCullough out of Kyle McCullough either. Oh, I can imagine. He's a phenomenal actor. That is the same character in everything from <laughs> Twin Peaks to Sex in the City to Dune. Uh, <laughs> like, really. Is it, like, watching, because all I know is what I've read and then the preview that I saw for the new one. Does watching this and, like, seeing the characters and, like, trying to figure out who's going to play who in the remake. It makes a mi- so much more sense because that's exactly what I was trying to do when I saw the preview. I was like, who are these people? Who are these characters? Who's really? Kyle McCullough? I was like, uh, I need to know who Dave Bautista is playing because he looks like Darth Vader with the helmet off. Yeah. And yeah. I'm ready for sci-fi Big Dave. So they're like the they're like the hit squad of the Emperor. Okay. Essentially. So they're bad guys. They're not good guys. Right. The good the only good guys are going to be the Fremen, which is or the Fremen. The Fremen, 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 the Fremen. You I said forget. it the same way every time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hate to tell you. So, because I want to call them the Freemen, the Freemen. Cause it makes more sense because they're like they're the indigenous tribe on on uh, mm-hmm. on uh, Arca Arcadis Arca. And then are the are the worms just natural? Arrakis. Are they just natural inhabitants or are they? Yes, and they're uh, they're spice guards. Attract, yeah, because they're attracted to the vibrations that come off the like. The rigs, the like spice rigs. Oh, so they're tremors. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, or what do they call them? Graboids in the tremor yes, movie. Yes, yeah. they are. They are graboids. But the the sandworms, um, they're ma- they're massive. They're just like you see at the end of that preview. Uh, that yeah, that new preview. Yeah, it's not like Beetlejuice, where they're like a thin, fit, slim. They're big, big, puffy. Well, I mean. That probably was what they were in the concept art for Beetlejuice. And then Tim Burton was like, let's make them spookier. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, but it it's really it's really just so intriguing. And you really want more when you're done with it. And you want to play in this world. That's another question I have is there are like six books. Why was this the only movie? I do think there are other movies. It's just this is the only one. Because I think there were like straight to DVD versions and things like that. I th- I know Children of Dune 
is either a miniseries or a movie. Um, but this this was a cult classic for the longest time. I don't think this had great critical success. I don't right. think it had great box office success either. Like this has always been a very cult under the radar movie for a very long time. Well, that okay. What I'm reading right now says that this movie was a box office bomb that grossed th- about 31 million against a 40 million dollar budget, and was negatively reviewed by critics who criticized the writing the lack of faith to source material, pacing, direction, and editing. So just a little bit of everything, basically, they hated. And it says, Upon release, David Lynch disowned the final film, stating that pressure from producers and financiers restrained his artistic control and denied him final cut privilege. At least three versions of the movie have been released worldwide. And in some of these cuts, Lynch's name is replaced in the credits with the name Alan Smythe, Mm -hmm. a pseudonym used by directors who wish to not be associated with a film. I think in the original theatrical release, it was Alan Smythe. So it sounds like he kind of had a hell of a time making this. Yeah. He never really goes back to the mainstream after this. No. Ever. He's, he's like, okay, let's... Like, he makes... Blue Velvet becomes a mainstream success in a way, but again, that's cult status. Mm-hmm. It just becomes a really well-known cult movie. But I don't think... I know there was a ton of attempted remakes and, like, different movies. It's always been, um, like made for tv movies i know usa i think usa was or sci-fi was where that dune miniseries was so this gets you psyched for this new one oh yeah yeah yeah, definitely definitely the new it definitely got me because i was like pretty that's why i checked everything i was like oh this looks fucking cool i want to know what the like dune's been around since 1979 that's the thing that got me was i was like i really like that director yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll go see whatever he makes, even if it's Dune. I don't know anything about it, but I guess let's 1965, go. 1965, sorry. And then I saw that preview the other day, and I was like, oh, yeah, this looks insane. It looks like it's going to be like the attempt at let's do all of the Dune movies now. Yeah. Like yeah. Denis Villeneuve wants to do a Dune movie every three years in between some crazy art house or something. You Is know? that what he wants to do? I have no idea. I'm, oh, just, okay. I'm just guessing that the... Uh, he hasn't done really crazy... What, his last movie was Blade Runner 2049? Yeah. And then before that, it was what? Uh, Arrival, Sicario, Prisoners, okay. Enemy... Sicario um, is still his best film. Prisoners is really good. Don't sleep on Prisoners. I won't, but Sicario is very, very, very yeah, good. Yeah, Sicario is incredible. Sicario is like one of my favorite movies of the last 10 years. I think that he'll be really well suited to handle this because you can see the care that he takes when he's adapting material. Yeah. And like Blade Runner specifically, because I think that's yeah. the only thing that's not original that he's been involved well, in. So he take he takes a lot of elements of what the Blade Runner sequel books were, right. which is that a replicant has a child mm-hmm. and it's Decker's child like that. That's what the sequels are about. Um, and if you've ever looked into those sequels and how they play out and stuff, they're fucking ridiculous and terrible. And what he did with that, making that sequel, explaining that absolutely ridiculous story of like a synthetic human, having the ability to have children with a real human and creating kind of like this in between super child. Effectively. Right. Yeah. Um, he made that not as ridiculous and stupid. exactly like even saying it, you're like, well, yeah. And he still kept that noir feel. So I think he's going to do really well with the scope of like a sci-fi epic. And it really seems like he's going to play more in. Cause what it is, is the, the, uh, um, Arcadis 
Uh, oh Jesus! See, that's the I'm having trouble with the names. That's the terrible thing. That's why I know I can't be a super fan. Uh, Atreides, the Atreides family is like essentially the ruling family over the spice planet, and right. the Baron uh, Harkonnen comes in, and as well as the Emperor, who's but the Emperor's a, like I want them out. I want a them Baron done. and an Emperor. Yeah, the so the the emperor comes to like the like the head of s- planets or something, and <laughs> it's like I want them dead. I want Paul. I want his, his the dad. I want the the every one of them dead. I want them dead. Uh oh. And um and so they're like okay. So he's be- they betray them. They just absolutely get rid of the entire Atreides family. And put in the Harkonnen like regime, so they think Paul is dead, and he goes off into the Spice Lands, and meets the Freeman. Okay. And he starts a rebellion, and rises up, and also becomes like one with the Spice, and becomes super spiced. Hell yeah! <laughs> uh, well out there, and that's so. Uh, Zendaya is gonna be one of the freemen. I, it's funny, you, like you just read my mind. I was gonna say I don't know how we went this long without me asking, but who the hell is Zendaya gonna play? Yeah, she's, that's she's really one, all I care about. I definitely think this one's gonna be because the book. When you read the Wikipedia, sorry again. When you read the <laughs> Wikipedia, you get a lot more that Paul. There's a lot more of Paul and the freemen and him building his life kind of a la avatar ish mm-hmm. um, type scenario where, you know, he's, he's embedded with them and then he dances with wolves, etc. that type of like, Hey, the last I'm, samurai. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Any you of those become one with, uh, Pocahontas, these people who you once hunted essentially or, or were against. And you realize, um, so he has them, they help him fight the Baron and everything. Um, so she's going to be one of the Freeman Freeman. Was this action packed or is it slower? It's not action packed, but it's not slow. It's very, it's gross. It looks really like the Baron is disgusting looking. Really? Yes. Yeah. He's cause he has like a skin disease and all this stuff. Oh, and he needs the spice to live. Um, He needs the spice to just be like, cause he like floats around. Oh, cool. And stuff. Yeah, it, it's really wild. Like, it, I can't recommend this movie enough. It awesome. is a fun time. Patrick Stewart's in Patrick it. Patrick Stewart is in it. He's one of, like, the general's guards. Paul, he's, like, one of his helpers. He's not okay. the one that betrays him. Well, um, no, Patrick Stewart would never. No, but he's, like, later on. It's funny. They never really change their look uh, or anything, but once they're all separated, they come back and they're like, oh my God, it's you. Really? But they don't like nothing changes about them physically or visually. They're just like, oh my god! Like at first he doesn't believe mm-hmm. that it's, and he's like, you were the traitor, aren't you? Even though he's been like fighting alongside him this whole time, so it's like, it's really odd things like that. Um, but no, it is. I mean, it's a fucking trip. Like I'm looking through some trivia right now. Yeah, it is big time trip. We've got some good trivia here. Okay. Yeah, because I, I mean, I, I, I don't really want to give. I mean, I gave the base storyline away, but just, just watching it and experiencing it, it's, it's really there's nothing else. Like so, I, I was, I was shocked at myself for again not knowing how beautifully bizarre this fucking movie is. 
So is Sting in this movie? Sting is very much in this movie. Okay. Yeah. Because the first trivia thing I read here blew my mind. This kills me. So Sir Patrick Stewart was, at the time, completely unfamiliar about who Sting was as a musician. When meeting him on set, he asked if he was a solo artist, to which Sting replied he was in a band called The Police. Stewart, totally unaware of Sting or the band, thought that that meant that Sting played in a police officer band. (laughs) So he was just like, oh, cool. Like, no idea that this was Sting of The Police. Yeah. And I, I just, for whatever reason, that's blowing my mind right now. Like, I can't picture him just having never heard of the police. It's so funny. Like, man, and it would be even more hilarious if he was like, Roxanne is one of my favorite songs. And yeah, and he's like, well, come on. Yeah. One uh, day he's just humming Don't Stand So Close to Me next to him. He said, right. Patrick, that's my song. That's that's my song. Oh, it's my song, too. I love it. This <laughs> is such, a, such, a, such a good song. Um, no, I wrote I wrote that. That's the police. Where are the police? I know they have they have people guarding the set, but uh, it says the cow that Robin or Rabin eats, yes, is a real frozen dead cow. Oh, okay. All yeah, right. uh, uh, David Lynch was originally signed on to do two sequels. Oh wow, Dune Messiah and Children of Dune. Yeah, the box office failure ensured that those plans never came to fruition. No, I yeah, that that makes sense. But I don't think he would have done it after reading about how terrible his experience was. Yeah, no, definitely not. Uh, Princess Irulan, yeah, was originally gonna be played by someone else. Okay, she's that's the one that I was like, I don't know. She's narrating in the beginning. Okay, she was originally gonna be played by Helena Bonham Carter. Really? Who had to drop out to do a movie called A Room with a View? Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, one thing for, uh, Blade Runner fans is, uh, (laughs) what's her name? Sean Young. Sean Young plays, is, so Zendaya's character in the new one, Chani, Mm -hmm. Chani is, um. Sean Young in this? Is Sean Young in this. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So. For all the Blade Runner and I believe Ace Ventura pet detective. Yes, Sean Young is <laughs> fans. is um is Einhorn. Is Einhorn, yeah. Um some scenes for this movie were filmed in the same location and at the same time as scenes from another beloved nineteen eighties movie. Conan the Destroyer. Oh. Could you imagine like if in the background of one of these Dune shots there was just Arnold? like pushing the the uh wheel of pain or the eternal wheel of pain or whatever it's called uh david lynch in an interview after the like years later in retrospect acknowledged that he doesn't think he should have ever directed this movie he said i started selling out on dune looking back it's no one's fault but my own i probably shouldn't have done that picture but i saw tons and tons of possibilities for things i loved and this was the structure to do them there was so much room to create a world, but I got strong indications from Raffaella and Dino De Laurentiis of what kind of film they expected and knew that I didn't have final cut. <laughs> yeah, it, it tries to be a big 80s sci-fi. So it tries to be like a Return of the Jedi. Right. It really tries to be a Star Wars in a way, the way that you can see you can see 
the studio influence and you can see the Lynch influence. And the Lynch influence is very obvious in certain parts where you're like, okay, this is a David Lynch film. And then there's the other parts where you're like, okay, this is the studio, studio was like, yeah. hey, buddy, yeah, like we're seeing some dailies, we're not liking what we're seeing, yeah. Um, well, something else I just read a little bit ago said that uh, that David Lynch's original cut that he took the studio was like four hours long. Makes sense. And they were like, yeah, we really had two hours in mind. Yeah. <laughs> so they had to cut like whole subplots, and it said they cut subplots and then also like reshot scenes. And just stuffed them with exposition to condense the information. Okay. So it wouldn't surprise me if that was part of yeah. like the narration and stuff like you were talking about. Because as you saw um, in the uh, Wikipedia reading it, there's a lot of shit in there that you're just like, whoa, this is a lot of little strands coming off. Right. And it's got a lot of political infusion and intricacy and all that stuff. And and you're really like, uh, okay, I when you're looking at that, you're like, there's a little too much going on here. Mm -hmm. I needed to dial back just a little bit. This movie really streamlines everything. Um, that's where I can see the, the remake that's coming out. I feel like that's going to be trying to start its own universe and squeeze like three movies out. Like you said. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, so the last big trivia thing I have here that isn't getting into like spoiler territory is, uh, Someone that turned down the role of Paul uh, Atreides. Hmm. Harrison Ford? No, that would have been good. Think that ilk, though, in the the 80s. This was the 80s, right? Tom Selleck? No. 84, yeah. Yeah. He was very hunky in 84. Would have been a way different movie, but God, he would have been sexy. Jean-Claude Van Damme? No, unfortunately, no. That would have been good. Damn, I don't know. David Lynch and, and John Claude Van Damme is a yeah, team up that I don't. That's that's wait what? <laughs> uh, Val Kilmer. Oh yeah, okay. Which I can that picture been easily. Really interesting. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, he hadn't done Willow yet, had he? Um, he might have. Yeah. I'm not up on my Val Kilmer uh, IMDb. Let's see. The movie Willow, 1988, so no. Okay, so no. He would have been, who knows if he even gets to do Willow at that point then, if he makes. Yeah. It was just like, nope. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's about all I have that, for trivia and stuff that doesn't get too far into spoiler territory. But it sounds, so it sounds like this is well worth checking out. Absolutely. Does this, uh, no, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you anyways, just because I'm curious. This doesn't make you be like, I have to read the books now before no. this new movie comes out. No, no, I, <laughs> I might have my fiance read them to me. Um, she loves reading. I'm a little on the if these were comic books. Yeah, but just buy the audiobook. Yeah, that's true. I could see if there's one where like Patrick Stewart reads it and <laughs> just get the audiobook. or Kyle McCullough or uh, Val Kilmer. Why would oh my God. or David Lynch. I don't know if he would be reading a spice melange. <laughs> uh, do you have any, any parting Dune thoughts? A spice is life. <laughs> um, uh, the spice. It's all about the spice. The spice is life. Does the spice. I'm just thinking about this now too. Does the spice have any like negative side effects? Uh, your eyes turn blue. Like they start illuminating blue. But like, does that hurt your vision or? Well, so there, so like, you can do the spice. Obviously, you get addicted to it. Like, it's like a drug, effectively. right? Effectively, 
Um, it helps you see the future. You can also like with it, you can bend space and time. Like you can, th- that's a n- cool thing about this is like the way they travel is by bending space, like going like, you know, that how they explain time travel in movies where it's like, you can, you fold a piece of paper or imagine you put a pencil through it and there's these two, you know, the string theory or however they explain that. And like, fucking every time travel movie right um it's a lot like that okay it's literally that idea of like you can multiple kind of open tears in space and time that you can walk through because of the spice that is a lot going on i that was a lot before you said they fold time and walk through it yeah i was not prepared for yeah they walk through time okay yeah but like still it doesn't sound like there's a lot of downside to this no there's not you just it's accept dope. like you crave it. The spice is life. Spice up your life. Spice up your life. Every <laughs> boy and every girl. Uh, thank you. Dan, oh, anything else? Uh, yeah. Not. I should sing, sing that off tune so we don't get like sued or you something. You're afraid? Yeah. <laughs> spice up your life. Every boy. Every girl. So, yeah. The oh. spice. That was beautiful. Thank you guys for listening. Melange. You can uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Heverbrew. Or uh, shoot us an email at themoviemailbag at gmail.com. And uh, thank you all for listening, sharing, uh, rate, review on iTunes, all that cool, fun stuff. Um, And we will be back, guys. Thank you. Do you want to hit us with one more David Lynch? I don't don't know. Like, because I don't, there's quotes from this that I just can't think of right now, but I could, I could give you a David, no, I can't. See, when I'm forced to do that, I know stuff, I, it's kind of. Stuff. I really, it really can't do it. Um, but like, if I, uh, I don't know. Yeah, when I when I'm for, <laughs> yeah, once I'm forced, it's really hard to do it. All right, it's all good. It's the spice. No, yeah. See, now it's just the the one earlier. The one earlier. Just go rewind. Was that was better. This is yeah. You're not getting that. Uh, oh, actually, one last parting thought. One of the most unfortunate things is that one of the best things David Lynch has ever done is a two-part episode thing for the show Louie. And it just kind of sucks that, like, it has to be affiliated with Louie because fuck that guy. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's just a bummer. Check those episodes out, though. They're Thanks really, for listening. Really good if you're a David Lynch fan. The Spies.